We're here on the KM Podcast. Ken Brown from WGR Radio. Mike O'Hara, DetroitLions.com. What's happening? Draft recap. Hello, Michael. Hello, Ken Brown. Hey, listen, I'm working on my 2022 mock draft, okay? 361 days to go. Who you have? Bo Benshaw going number one? Huh? That's, see, that's what happens when you do mock drafts too early. <laughs> the Bo Benshaw. Tell, tell him your Bo Benshaw story about how the year before he was drafted, where they said he was going to be drafted. It, well, you know, Todd McShay of ESPN does what he calls a way-too-early mock draft. And this was for the 2019 season. And like 24th or 5th or 20th, or somewhere in the 20s, he had Bo Benshaw, uh, offensive lineman from Wisconsin, going in the first round to the Atlanta Falcons. Like I said, it was around 22 or 23 or something like that. Well, he went undrafted. Yep. Had a very, uh, uh, just a very weak, you know, senior season. He was had going into his senior season, didn't really fire. Ended up signing with the Detroit Lions as an undrafted. And I talked to Bob Quinn about him. He said, look, the kid's got a, you know, he's a prospect. That's why they signed him. Uh, he was a little bit undersized for an offensive line. Okay, okay. We're not going to okay, we we, get hold into on. it. You're starting re- scouting reports on him now. I just wanted to start. Made, I don't care about Bo Benshaw. <laughs> we're not doing Bo Benshaw scouting reports today. Sorry. Made the roster last year. <laughs> he going to tell me what his shoe size was. I don't care about Bo Bishop. I was just telling the story how the mock drafts sometimes have guys but on that's how That's how it works. Okay, okay yeah. Right. That's how it works. That's how it doesn't work. All right. Well, now we're here. 2021 draft is over. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going straight through. I'm not even paying attention to you. 2021 draft is, is here and over. The excitement. See, this is why I don't like the three-day breakup. Because after the first round, it's like the the star-studded part is over, and it really the, the the next six rounds are the rounds where you can make your money. But the first round is the star-studded round. They shouldn't separate that from the other rounds. So that's why you, it's an anticlimactic feeling on well, Friday okay. instead of Thursday. Thursday you go to bed, I got my guy, or I didn't get my guy is over, or I got my guy, and we're going to the Super Bowl. Till Friday, the meat of the potatoes of the draft, and Saturday where most of these guys you hadn't heard of or you saw them once or twice get drafted, you know, so it, it's just a weird – I, I, I never well, liked this three-day draft. Well, the first round is entertainment no matter what. For example, the first pick of the draft, Trevor Lawrence to the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, there's 10 minutes between picks in the first round. That pick is in, and the NFL waits 10 minutes the full 10 minutes yeah. to announce it you make, yeah. because they wanted to get the commercials and the right. shows and all that other stuff. Well, I heard Brad Holmes on an interview on one of the other stations today, and he said he, he, got, he got in trouble for – putting the pick in too early for Sewell. I guess, you, like you said, they want you to wait the time. And he, he turned it in too early. He said, I guess I, I, I got in trouble for turning it in too early. But that's what you have to well, do. You know, well, you know, he should, you know what he did? He pulled the reverse of Al Davis years ago, and he won't get into all of that. Yeah, we, no, we're not going back yeah. to the two picks in a row thing. You know, your stories now have become so I even know them. So we, when I tell you I've heard <laughs> one of them, we just go move on. <laughs> you know what? And I hear you're stealing them. You can tell them those stories like they're your own. That's right. Well, let's get down to it. Um, yep. Pick number one, and it's amazing how many people on the street I've talked to. I was just talking to a guy on the way in today. They are really upset they didn't take Justin Fields. I mean, th- to me, the people, casual fans, or even football fans, Justin Fields was a name that rang true in the you know in in college football. And even though you might have taken the second best player in the draft, Justin Fields' name is out there. And if he becomes a star, I don't care what Penae Sewell does. They're always going to regret that by some fans. What do you think of that? Well, it might be. You know, look, there's always the other guy. I mean, who, who, who more than anybody in the last ten years went through it more than Eric Ebron? 
Look, to call Eric Ebron a bust is ridiculous. He's been in the league for 10 years, or I'm sorry, seven years. He's been a starter. He's made one Pro Bowl. He had a season when he had you know, double-digit touchdown catches. And you know what he's known for? The guys that got drafted after him. Aaron Donald and, and, and OBJ and those guys. I mean, I think there were six of the next seven players drafted made the Pro Bowl, at least one Pro Bowl. And so that's what you get known for, What, who you didn't take. That's ex- it's, like, it's like the New England Patriots are the only team that didn't pass on Tom Brady until he went at 199. They passed six times like everybody else. Yeah, but that, see, that, that's the difference in that story, too. I can tell you the story of Calvin Johnson. They took Calvin Johnson. They passed on Adrian Peterson and Joe Thomas. I guarantee you in Cleveland and in Minnesota, they don't make a big deal out of passing on Calvin Johnson because they got a functional player back. A, a pro, right. I mean, a Hall of Famer back. Lions took Eric right. Ebron. He was a bum. He, nobody wanted him in the first place. He he was rated high on some mocks to be top ten, but he was pretty much a first-round pick, you know, middle first-rounder. They took him for some off-the-wall reason that you had to have Eric Ebron when you had Sue on the last year of a contract, fairly wasn't doing anything. I mean, it was just a stupid pick. So that's the only thing I say about drafting. But let, let's stick with this. You, you got me all off the subject now. You do this to me every week. We all we all on the place. <laughs> you do it to yourself. You don't take me you back. You get to, wound up and you can't get you unwound. Took me back. Well, you know, there's some cold words that I hate. If you mention Brett, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, or Eric Ebron, you know I'm just gonna go off. Uh, those are the key. I'm like that's like red in front of a bull. Don't mention those three things Why? to me. Why Brett Favre? I don't like him. Why Aaron Rodgers? I don't like him. And we know why he <laughs> we have a pattern. We have a pattern. Yeah, we have a pattern. But anyway, let's get to the pick. First round, we've talked about this in our wish list and mock drafts, even on your um, your uh, thing on DetroitLions.com where you had the wish picks and the actual picks. Right. Wish pick was right. always Penny Sue for me, for every a lot of your uh, people on that on that forum. So I got the guy I wish they would have got. I'm ha- I didn't think it was going to be there because I didn't know Cincinnati was going to be that stupid, but they were. And I think we talked well, about Cincinnati, that. Cincinnati, Cincinnati took a good player in Jamar Chase, and the, and the the issue for them was what helps their young quarterback more, the wide receiver, the best wide receiver in the draft, or the best offensive lineman in the draft. They chose the wide receiver, even though up until a week before, I was sure that the table was tilted towards the offensive lineman. I would have taken the offensive lineman. A 20-year-old offensive lineman that can play for you 10 years, and our quarterback just coming off an ACL and a 51 sack. Um, projected season. It was stupid. You can get a receiver. You had the first pick or the second pick or the third pick in the, in the second round. You see the receivers that were there in the second round. You could have got an all-pro potential tackle and another receiver that could be not as good as Chase but could be good. They And they already had a guy, T. Higgins, from last year. I, I just, it's, this Cincinnati, thank you. I thank the Brown family because that's what they do. And we'll look back. No, and also, also the Browns in 2018 drafted an offensive lineman in the first round, 2019 an offensive lineman in the first round. And this year they signed Riley Reef, who's a nine-year starter for the Vikings and Lions. You mean the Bengals? He's going to be a starter down there. You mean the Bengals? You know, the Bengals, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah, the, the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. And when you said the Brown family, I got thrown right. off there. But, yeah, the Cincinnati Bengals. And, look, that's they've, they've hammered that position. They really have. Okay. Did they need another offensive lineman? Yeah, I think they did Anyway, that, more for us, less for them. I'm happy for them. Right. Um, now, let's go to the second-round pick. They, the Lions drafted the mad cusser, uh, <laughs> Le- Levi Onwuzurike, who can't control himself on, on Zoom conferences. Because, young man, you got to settle down. Okay, we know you're a, a hard butt, but you got to settle down. We don't need all that cussing coming to town. All right, just kids out there. So, 
I understand where you're going with it. We Okay, you're tough, but calm down. I was about to say calm the F down, but calm down, all right? Everything's going to be okay. But as a player, because he didn't play this year, I saw some traits, Michael Hare. I saw some traits. I would agree with you, and I also, him and Aleem, Aleem uh, McNeil from North Carolina State, another defensive lineman taken in the third round. Kenny, I think when you look at those two players, I think you could see a pattern, and I think there's a hint in there on how the Detroit Lions want to play defense in 2021 under their new off- defensive coordinator, Aaron Glenn. I think they want to get after the quarterback and you know, not, not just sit arm wrestle at the line of scrimmage, but actually rush the quarterback, make his life miserable. That's just the way I look at it. Well, you brought up the third-round pick. I'll add him in since you, you're just jumping the gun here. You're blowing my thing here. But well, no, okay. I just, no, I'm going to add it in because you want to get to it. The third-round pick was Aline McNeil, which is a, a nose yeah. tackle guy, a big fella from um, North Carolina State, I believe, right? NC State. Yes, it is. Yeah, correct. Okay. Now, I'm reading stories today that – Philadelphia GM and the scouts got in the, got in a fight over this because they wanted the guy, and the uh, Philadelphia traded down when they could have took him, and got an extra six round pick for the trade down. And the Lions came in and swooped it up. And I heard his people in Philly really upset about this on the Eagles. So I'm happy that this is the kind of guy other teams coveted and wanted. And I I looked at his tape. I, I hate to bring up comparisons, man, but Levi, the defensive tackle in the second round. He 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 gets into that. Bat. He's like a little Warren Sapp. I don't want. To, he's not Warren Sapp, but I'm just saying the explosion off the ball. I saw a little Warren Sapp in there. Yeah, these these two guys that we're talking about, the second and third round draft picks, have something in common, and that's quickness off the ball. Ozarike, four point eight something in the forty yard dash. The other guy, three hundred and seventeen pounds, four nine four nine five forty yard dash. High school, he scored 40 rushing touchdowns as a high school player. Yeah. This is a kid who can move. Yeah, but the thing about Aleem McNeil, to me, forget about his football uh, high school attributes. This kid was an outfielder in baseball, and they show how to play baseball. That shows you the movement skills he has and just the hand right. coordination. Those are things that are more impressive than the football. It was just a big guy running the ball. That was okay. You see that before. But I never seen 260, 70-pound high school outfielders chasing down balls in right field. Like you know, he, he was a talent. I like that. And I'll tell you one thing. Reminds me of a little Jerry Ball. A little bit of Jerry Ball. Just the way a little bit, not, a little bit. Not, not quite as not quite as maybe maybe a half an inch taller and not quite as big. Yeah, but the thing about the thing that, that the thing that, that they have in common is they both were like fullback size in high school yep. and became nose tackles after going to college. Because on Neil Neil McNeil put on I guess sixty pounds since he got there or close to sixty because he was two sixty I think when he went into college. So it, it's just a, I like those two picks. You cannot. If I heard people. Oh, why did you double dip? You took a tag on the second. You should have took a wide receiver. This wide receiver talk is blowing me up. I can't hear it anymore. There's enough well, wide receivers to go around. Get the big. You can't re- find the big fellas. I'm going to try to get a word in edgewise. Well, you here's go, the go reason tell some story. Go ahead. Here's the reason. And I'm going to go back to 1970. Uh-huh. No, I'm not. Here's, here's the reason you go for the two defensive tackles. Because they're good players. Why not? And you know what? You need more than one defensive lineman, people. You don't play a one-man defensive line. You've got four, five, six, seven guys in there that you rotate. They don't play. You know, they don't play 100% of the snaps. They're lucky if they play 40 or 50 snaps a game. You need fresh guys, and if they're fresh guys, you can play all the better. I know this is a mistake, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Wasn't the year that Spindler got drafted? They took Dan Owens and Spindler back-to-back picks. That's, Second I round think it was Dan 19. Owens, and then Spindler was third round. 
So they took tackle was in, it, tackle in. I, I think it was. I think it was 1991. But I mean, they I were in. The, they right. took. They did the same thing with second they, and third round picks. They took they, two they, big. Right. Favorites. They took Danny Owens out of Southern Cal in the second round, and they took Mark Spencer right. out of Pittsburgh in the right. third round. And those two became pretty good rotational pieces in the line that the Lions yeah. had. So played a long time, like eight to ten years, both right. of them. So yeah, right. They're done. football players. Right. Now we go to round. That was under the. Go ahead. No, that was under the great uh, uh, personnel guru, the late Ron Hughes. Thank you. We need that. Now we go to third round. I'm just going. <laughs> I'm just blowing through your your history lesson. Uh, third round pick, uh, Syracuse D back, Afutu Melafonwu. And I'm gonna tell you right now, we better get some John Smiths and Joe James in this next draft. Because I'm telling you right now, I'm having a hard time here, brother. A hard time. Derek, if it wasn't for Derek Barnes, I may throw this whole draft out because I know I got his name down. But anyway, yeah. Afutu. I, I, I is that how it's pronounced? I. I I don't know. It's, it's it's close it's close enough for me. Okay. okay. Uh, great physical skills. Now, his, his play didn't match the physical skills he had, but you know, Mike, I'm looking at him more like they might be looking at him as a safety. He's six two or six three. He's rangy, tall, good size. Do you see him a corner or a safety? I see him as a corner, and and you know, I listened to what Lewis Riddick said about him on on, on draft day when they took him, and he absolutely raved about him. He said there's absolutely no reason he can't be a superstar superstar and he taught he and he also uh, was very highly on uh, very highly complimentary on how he can play press coverage and so look you got a guy six two six three who can play press coverage and run you've got something now we'll see the proof is in the plan it's not in what we say about him when they draft but but everything you read about him and if you listen to lewis riddick who played you know defensive back at pittsburgh and then again in the national football league uh, he was very, very high on him. Yeah. Uh, Lewis Riddick, though, I, I, I turned him off for the whole draft. Everything he said I ignored. After when Sewell was on the on the uh, line for the seventh pick, he was talking about the receiver uh, is there, take a receiver. So I'm glad he didn't get the GM job in Detroit if that was his philosophy on building the team. So I shut everything else he said out. So you have to tell me what he said because I turned him out for the rest of the draft after that comment. So you I'm sorry, you, I've been muzzled by you already once. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to let it happen again. Now, fourth round, they wide receiver. We need a wide receiver. They finally took a receiver that put a fan's enjoyment because evidently we just running out nobodies according to them. We got a receiver. <laughs> they picked the USC wide receiver, Amon Ross St. Brown. He's a Brown, so he, you know he's got to be able to play first of all. But I thought he was. Yeah, a, but he's a saint, unlike you. Yeah, well, that's right too. But he's a nice slot <laughs> receiver, man. Hand yeah. catcher. He um a great blocker. His father was like two time Mister Universe. He's an athletic guy. His brothers in the league uh, used to play with Notre Dame. Um, I think this guy can contribute first. I'm not saying he's gonna catch seventy balls, but I can see him catch thirty to forty balls. Well, just catch what they throw to you, okay? That's all. I don't care how many you get, but when they throw it, catch it and do something with it. And you know, they, I think I think they're short on a slot receiver right now. I mean, it, it's 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 something you really need because really you're running the entire open field. You can really do some damage in there. And you know, and Kenny, the Southern look, Southern Cal really has a history of sending good wide receivers into the National Football League. The Lions have had a couple of them. You know, most recently, uh, Johnny Morton. As you remember, a first-round draft pick now back in 1994 and really had a great long career. Don't skip the other one. Don't guy, skip the other but, one. Huh? Don't skip the other one. If you're going to say Johnny Morton, you got to go all the way with the other one. Who's that? Mike Williams. 
Well, oh, I'm, being, I'm being selective. <laughs> yeah, don't be selective. <laughs> you go say he had that. a great college. He had a great college career and an even better early retirement. Okay, <laughs> but no, this 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 kid comes highly recommended. He really does, especially as a hands catcher. Just an absolute from everything you hear and see. Just a just a great pair of mitts. Now I saw him play at USC, so I do like the pick, and I didn't think he was being there in the fourth round. I thought he was more second, third rounder. And I guess he was rated to be like a fourth, third rounder. So he he had a lot of skill, and he 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 didn't run. He's a four or five runner, but that's okay. In the slot, you can maneuver. You saw what Amendola did last year. He's Amendola's right. not a four or five guy. So I no. think that's a good pick. Um, now if you fell asleep right after the pick at one twelve, which was the fourth round pick for the wide receiver, if you fell asleep and missed the next pick. It was linebacker Derek Barnes, who they traded up for in the commercial break. And, uh, you know, you might have been writing at the time and didn't know, but they traded up for Derek Barnes from Purdue, a missile linebacker who I liked before the draft. I saw a lot on him. I thought he would get drafted somewhere in the first three or four rounds. Mike, I think this guy is a, a, a good player, and you can really use him. You know, you look at the versatility of his background, Kenny. For two years, he was a defensive star. A starter as a rush linebacker, and that's what that's all he did basically was right, go after the quarterback his senior year or his last year at Purdue, whatever it was. He uh, he moved inside, played inside, you know, strictly an inside linebacker. So I think the Lions have a choice on where they want to play him. It could maybe maybe he's versatile enough to be flopped between one one side and or one position and the other. But boy, everything you hear about him, I think I've said that about everybody. But what you what you see in him is a guy who. Look, I don't think it's out of the question that he could be an opening day starter at middle linebacker. Now, some of it depends on how they play their defense. Is it going to be a base four, you know, base four three, or is it a base three four? Obviously, if it's base three four, there's four linebackers on the field. He's got, by my count, a 33 percent better chance to start than those. What do you think they're going to run? I mean, just by no idea. draft for where they picked up more linemen than linebackers. Well, he did pick up two. Two or three new linebackers, or two for I sure. I think you look, you, you look at the New Orleans Saints. I think they were predominantly a four-man, four-man defense. Yeah, I think yeah. we'll see. Yeah, let, let them figure that out, and then we'll we'll, we'll we'll watch and see how they do it. Right. So um, the seventh-round pick was also they picked up a run. I'm not even. We're not even getting him today, even though he was rated well, higher than he got drafted. But I don't, I don't talk about. The, I can't talk about running backs uh, because he. We'll see what happens. Just mention Jamar, you know, Jamar Jefferson. He, 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 Kenny, he could be listening to the radio right now. Jamar Jefferson. The great voice no of the Great dis- Lakes. No disrespect slated. to him. I'm just saying, no, he's, you know. Well, you did disrespect okay, him. Okay, I did. I'm sorry, Jamar. I did disrespect you. God. I'll never do it again. And you look good. And like I said, you were ready to be drafted higher, too, than you were. So it was a good pickup. And that was part of the trade when they traded up to get, um, who they trade up to get for that pick? Was that the? Uh, the linebacker, Barnes, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, when they traded for Barnes, yeah, they got a, a they, they were fourth Barnes, round yeah. next year, and then they got a seventh round, which was two fifty seven, which was three picks. Well, I'll tell you what, they, they they caught a lot. They caught a lot of people napping on that pick. They sure did. Uh, you got to wake them up because of, uh, the guy was ready to go, and and uh, Miss Ford was the one. Well, I keep calling Miss Ford. Miss Hamp was the one that uh, made that pick. She uh, when I saw her, I'm like, you just picked. What's she doing? I turned up the sound. They had another guy. That's a that's a weird situation where you pick two picks in a row. That's pretty weird. Well, it's just the way it worked. And here's what I wonder, though. And I'd like to, one of these days, get a chance to ask Brad Holmes, which one did they target first? I and mean, what was the strategy of taking 
one before the other. I mean, if they, if they like the quarterback, I'm sorry, the, the linebacker so much to, to, to trade to get him, why didn't they take him first and then get the wide receiver? Yeah. Trade for him. They must have not made the deal until after they had turned the pick in for the receiver. Could have been, yeah. Could have been. They, were, they might have been getting turned down. Okay, you know, uh, we can, we're not going to grade you. Grading drafts is as, as stupid as whatever. You can, dra- you can grade what? if you, you can grade if you feel positions you needed to fill. But to grade a draft is the dumbest thing in the world because last year – Akuda, they graded real high for the pick of Akuda, and he didn't do a damn thing for us last year. So you, you, well, you see, never look, know. No, this, I said this, last this, year. This, I said last year. I'm this not, is this is his true. I'm this not is signing his, his career year. off. Okay. I said last year. He was he was a, he was no he was no factor at all in last season. Not, well, not a positive factor. Well, yeah. yeah, and if negative, I don't want to know about it because I, I I respect the guy because I like his uh, I like his temperament and I like his uh, intellect, but. I got problems. The only problem I have, no quarterback was taken by them in this day as a developmental guy. And I might have taken an offensive guard somewhere. Those are the only two. And golf, that was iffy on offensive guard because you got Stein, Steinberg from last year that you didn't play. Yeah, I, think he played I think he played two to three snaps Yeah, last year. so maybe he can he develop. But one game. That's, I'm going to tell you, that's a failure of a pick, too, if the guy didn't even give a two snaps the whole season. That's a failure. That's a first-rate failure of a draft pick. That's just well, sometimes well, they, 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 they had a pretty good offensive line. He got it beaten out by another rookie. That's, that's the way it goes. Sometimes uh, there are development years. Big V players. was hurt the, a lot of the year. There were guards hurt, and he still never got on the roster. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't like the starting guards played the whole season unhurt. So he had opportunity. He just wasn't ready yet. Now, if they would have said that from the beginning when they drafted him, because – at the big thing, I remember last year they were talking about how oh, this guy's the, the mauler and the penalty guy, and he had the most penalties in the history of college football, and he's going to be a scrapper. He's going to be a Conrad Dobler. I mean, you know, Conrad Dobler actually played. He actually got in the game. So you got to, you know, work that out. Well, that's enough history on Conrad Dobler, okay? <laughs> All right. Um, what about the quarterback situation, man? We just going to go and we just going to pretend like it's, it's, that's sitting out there? Is that what we're going to do? We just yeah, gonna, we just gonna pretend like this guy from Green Bay that never took a regular season snap. We all of a sudden just gonna be the the guy to go in if Jared Goff breaks another thumb or it has a bad game or misses the game or took the wrong bus, <laughs> took the Hamilton bus instead of the second the, the forward field. I mean, we just gonna pretend like this ain't happening. Well, he took more snaps than Jordan than Jordan Love. If he took one, he took more than <laughs> than, than the Packers backup quarterback. I'm just saying. I'm just pay saying. attention. I'm just saying. I thought they should, and I saw uh, Driscoll got cut by the Broncos the other day. You want to grab him back? He's out there. I mean, just guys out there. No, I don't. You don't want I do Driscoll not. back. But I um, do not. I will feel better with a more seasoned backup. And I thought they should have drafted one. That third round had a run on um, quarterbacks right after we had Well, talked. the first three, yeah. yeah. And the run Mills ended, yeah. and uh, my, Kelly, Mon, my guy, Kelly Mon. We'll see him in Minnesota if he becomes a starter in future. You know, years. I thought that was – you know what? I thought that was interesting, Kenny. You know, the, 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 the NFC North was stable at quarterback for a long – pretty long time, really. Right. Outside of maybe Chicago. Right. You know, with, with Cousins in, in Minnesota, Rodgers in Green Bay, and, and Matthew Stafford here in Detroit. Poof, all gone. All gone. What did you think of the story that came out that Minnesota was going to take um, the, the Ohio State quarterback if he got to that pick and they were they were going to take him? Well, he didn't what's get that there. Say, I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering, what's that say about Kirk Cousins' position? Uh, if Fields is well, there, the they take that- him. The fact that they drafted Kellen Mond to me, and he's a high, you know, a high first. A sec, I'm sorry, a high third round pick. 
the equivalent of a, of a, a low second round pick, and he was the, I think he was the next quarterback drafted or whatever after the big five, tells me that they're, they're going to that they're not you know that they're not sold on on him for the long term. He's getting to the end of his you know contract extension here soon enough, and I wouldn't be surprised if he signed his last contract in Minnesota. Yeah. All right, so we talked about that. There was a bunch of free agent signings of uh, undrafted players, and I don't recognize one of them. So, if, uh, well, that wide receiver from Arkansas, he's a big guy, he's made a lot of catches. What's his name? Look Mount him up. Point. I don't Mount know. Point. I know you just proved my point. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Just, to, just guys, man. You sign a bunch of guys. Maybe one of them will bring. You know out. what? I, I don't. I don't see a Jace Billingsley. Okay. <laughs> Jace Billingsley. What about Tom Kennedy? You don't see a Tom Kennedy in his that life? too. Well, he's he's on the roster. <laughs> uh, 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 what do they call those receivers? Not possession receivers. A uh, savvy route runner. You don't see a savvy route Something runner like in that, that group. Um, this is the point too. I was just going to get to that. I don't know what the off-season program is looking like, even for these guys. You know, I feel bad for these undrafted free agents and guys to try to make the team because there's no mini camps, there's no you know workout days where they can get in and show. It's gonna, it's already hard for them to make a squad, but Mike, it's it's damn near impossible. Well, I saw what happened last year. You know, now it's not like they're not working out. They've got the Zoom sessions and all that, but it's not the same as everybody getting together, all seventy or eighty or ninety of them, and and working together three or four days a week, whatever it is. It's like, you know, some guys are here in Detroit, some are in Arizona, some are in California. But I think, and I, I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure I'm not, I think that Jared Goff has gotten his guys together and they're going to throw. Now, it's nice that he's in California, okay? If he lived in Montana, it might not be so good. But who, who doesn't want to, you know, he'll arrange for housing and all that for the guys and they'll work out there. So they'll get, they'll get their work in some way or another. Well, golf need to come and get in town and start getting acclimated to the people here and start knowing people. And No, he needs to practice. He needs to work on footwork. He needs to work on football wherever he does it. Well, he needs to work sit on around football here. with the coaches. He needs to work on football with the guys that matter. He's in a new you, team. You can't, you can't, but you under the rule, if, if, if they're not doing it, you can't do it. Yeah, but there's no rule. They're just staying out because the union's telling us to stay out there. Some guys are coming right. in. Some guys are in. So get your butt in here and get to work, you know? I think he has to, you, you know, got big shoes to fill, man. You got big shoes to if fill. You're the, if you're the quarterback, you have to do what your teammates do. That's the way it is. All right, well, grab a couple of can't separate you can't separate yourself from your teammates. Right, can't do it. Well, like I said, he got to make an impression with the teammates, and he also got to make an impression with the community because even though they're not expecting as much as they expected out of Matthew Stafford with him, don't you think the expectations are lower for him, even though they shouldn't because they both, both were number one overall draft picks, and he's gone farther than the playoffs than Matt Stafford ever did, but his expectations are not as high as Matt Stafford's were, and he won't take the heat that Matt Stafford did for every missed pass or every missed interception or loss that golf will because they don't expect as much out of golf to carry the team as they did Stafford, right or wrong. Well, listen, he's got, look, he's got a grace period that Jared Goff does, and I think it's probably – at least the first third and long. Oh, okay. I, was about to, I was about to say the that's, first. That, the first that's third. the grace period. I was going to say the first third quarter of the first game, but you even got it. Remember the time? That. Okay, I'll go back in history again. Remember the time that they had the family day out at Ford Field, and like a second or third play of the, of the, of the scrimmage, Joey Harrington threw an incomplete pass, and the crowd booed him. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Remember that? Okay, that's the grace period, folks. Well. Um, like I said, without workouts or whatever, we're really at the mercy, and with a new, especially with a new regime. NFL's got to do better, man. I just think that the new coaches this year are getting a short shift. And they got it last year, too. But I just think, okay, we're, wa- we're in the waning days now. Hopefully this thing is winding down. 
these young new coaches need to be able to get these guys in right. and take a look at them. So hope something happens between now and July training camp. But if not, then we got to go what we got. I'm telling you right now, I may be the eternal optimist. I may be crazy. But I think this team – What do you mean maybe? I think this team can be decent. I think this team Here's can what be I decent. Think. I, don't, I don't know what their one-loss record is going to be, okay? I don't know. But every year, the last three years, the team got worse as it went along. Maybe the one exception was when they finished 6-10 six and six and ten in their first year here in, 19, in, 19, in 2018. But after that, the team steadily got worse, deteriorated. And last year, just an absolute, you know, the groceries fell out of the bottom of the bag. Okay, just kaboom. Yeah. It was over. But I'm, uh, to me, to me, I just want to see the team improve. Yeah, I maybe agree. I don't care if you if you're one and five after six games. Okay, but get better. That's yeah. all. Just get better. But unlike the last administration, I think these guys like their coach. And you're ahead of yeah. the game by a long shot just on that, because there's they did a, look, not like the last coach. They the I think it went sour with the veterans at the top. And it leaked down to everybody else. And then once you That's start the moving is. popular players like slaying him out and uh, um, Quinn, what was the guy? Quandre Diggs. Quandre Diggs. Quandre Diggs. You start moving yeah. guys out like that, and it, it, it wasn't going to get no better, especially when you replace them with guys of lesser talent. So Right, no, I agree with that. You know, so. All right, Mike, that's it for this week. Uh, I don't know how many we're going to do in the future weeks at a time, but we will be periodically coming through. As this goes along, um, give me your – I'm not giving a draft grade. Do you want to give a grade? No, I just said, look, if you're going to give it a grade, I'd say a good, a good B or B plus, not an A. Because, look, first of all, this was a draft without a lot of star power. It really did. Once you got past the quarterbacks, it was, okay, good guys, let's draft them. Right. They weren't – they weren't. You know, they might be stars in the, on, the, on the playing field. Right. I agree, but I'll tell but you – But they really weren't stars to I'll me. And so it was just kind of, a, kind of a good draft, you know. I, I'll tell you what, the, the most important – your favorite day of the, of the season is coming up next week, and that's when the schedule comes out on Wednesday. That's right. And you know what, Mike, is even better than it coming out next Wednesday? There'll be an extra what? game this year. There'll be 17 of them. So we'll have an extra game this year. So I'm really excited and, and about only, but, but only three preseason games. Oh, how can we miss that last Buffalo game where nobody plays? How, how can I miss that game? <laughs> How can anybody miss the Buffalo-Detroit slugfest at the last preseason game every year? You're going to have to learn to live without it. I guess so. All right, that's Michael here at DetroitLions.com. Check out his stuff on DetroitLions.com. Ken Brown, you'll see me here on the album show afternoons 5 to 7. We're out.